Over the last two decades, I've been in an insatiable quest to learn everything I can about leadership. What makes the best leaders so good? After running companies small and large over the last 20 years, today, I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo. I'm your host, and I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this very topic and what makes the best leader so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I'm John Laredo, your host today. So I was talking recently to a friend of mine, Tamara Indiana who is a great leader in financial services at Lincoln Investment. And uh, I told her I would give her props uh, and a shout out for this topic because I was talking to her about this. I said, she and I were going back and forth talking about this topic, which we're going to talk about today. And I said, you know, I'm going to make a podcast out of this. So I think I have single-handedly, indirectly, maybe directly, sold 50 of these remarkable two tablets. Now, I don't know if you know what this is. And when I say directly or indirectly, I got one of these things, I think it was January of last year. So I've had one for about a year, a little over a year. These things are awesome. Actually, for those of you watching on video, this is it. Um, I don't know if you can see it here, but it's this it's this tablet that is just kind of really cool. Like you can write on it. It's like paper. Very, very cool thing. Uh, anyway, see, there we go. Maybe I sold another hundred right there. I should be on commission with Remarkable too. They should, literally, I think I'm responsible for a good, I must be some kind of asterisk or something in their annual report. I don't know. I just want some kind of credit. It doesn't even have to be money. I don't know. Maybe maybe you sponsored the show, Remarkable too, people. Anyways, um, in, in reality, I was talking to Tamara and I said, you know, I love mine so much. Tamara has got one. Uh, a bunch of people at Lincoln have them. A bunch of leaders all over the place have them uh, because I've been talking about it. I love the thing. It's easy. It's replaced my piles. I don't even have it in here. And it's in one of my cabinets. Uh, piles of notebooks. Like literally, I used to have this old outdated system and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, notebook after notebook. And I'd have to go back and flip through pages trying to see where I wrote notes about some conversation that I had with somebody. Now it's all in this little pad. So I'm really, really happy with it. So happy that I talked to my son who's at Loyola and, and his freshman year in college. And I said, uh, I was telling him about it. He said, you know, that'd be really cool. Actually, I said it. I said, would that be helpful for classes and stuff like that? He's like, yeah, definitely. So I got him one and probably a week or two after he started using it, he's like, dad, this thing's running out of batteries like crazy. And uh, I'm like, oh, that shouldn't be the case. Mine holds a battery for like two weeks. So I said, you know, keep working with it, playing with it, whatever, plug it in. Anyways, a couple months went by. I didn't even know it. He's like, dad, I'm not even using it anymore. It's not it's not working. I'm like, wow, really? So I said, why don't you give it to me? I'll send it back and we'll get a new one. There's obviously something wrong with it. So I reach out to the company. Uh, I explained the situation and I said, you know, um, I've gotten one and multiple, obviously a bunch of people have gotten them. I love the tablet. I said, I got my son one and here's the deal. It it doesn't hold its charge. There's two problems with it. It doesn't hold its charge. And uh, it's that the, the button, the power button is not functioning. I can tell it's just, it's one of these things that you depress and you can feel it. And uh, on his, there's no up and down movement. It's just stuck in one position. So that's probably part of it. It's something's wrong with it mechanically. It's not just a software thing. 
maybe both. Um, so anyways, I explained this. It's under warranty. No problems. I'm like, okay, just tell me how to ship it back and this and that. And um, and uh, I'll get a new one. And these are not cheap. They're like 600 bucks. I mean, it's not a cheap investment. So, you know, if it's 50 bucks or 100 bucks, it's one thing. It's 600 bucks. So I get a, a response back that says, uh, sorry, this doesn't qualify we're not going to uh, replace it. Instead, you know, here's our customer service number or whatnot. Now, I got to tell you, I'm like really disappointed with that because it's what's happened is somebody's made the decision. It's clearly an issue that is not just software based, but it's 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 a mechanical defect on it. I explained it pretty clearly to them um, and now I've got to go through the whole process of speaking to somebody, going through it, trying multiple attempts at getting it fixed. They're going to come up with the same conclusion. Hopefully at that point, at some point, I'm going to be able to send it back. Here's my point. And my conversation with Tamar was all about the fact that the service level nowadays, and her comment actually was, you know what? I've heard that same thing. I've heard that Remarkable 2 is not good with service. In fact, I've heard they're, they're terrible at service. And it got me to thinking, and we were commenting on this together, that the whole expectation of service is that the old definition and description or level of service that was acceptable, and in some cases was looked at as being premier and over the top years ago, even a few years ago, is totally irrelevant now. I mean, in this day and age, you have to provide a level of service that is absolutely exemplary. Other, other, otherwise, you risk your company just going under, honestly. Now, in this case, their product is phenomenal. And that's what's caused everybody to, to get these things. The product is very good. But think about how easy it is for your organization to get labeled for better or for worse. Now, this is a small sampling. I had one bad, it's, I was 0 for 1. I had one bad experience with them. And now I'm, I'm, my opinion is, is, negative. Now, Tamara said, I heard that too. Now, maybe she heard it from one person, other person, maybe she heard it from 10, from 50. I don't know. But my point is that the sampling size only has to be very small, very small to all of a sudden have this reputation that, that grows. Now, here I am on a podcast that's listened to in 66 different countries talking about this. Now, in all fairness to Remarkable 2, I will go through that process. And my experience personally with the product is great. My experience so far with the service is not great. And I will be fair because I will go through that process. And if they fix it and rectify, great. I will make sure I come back on and give a full report. But my point is that in this day and age, you have to be so good at not just the product, but the service because that's the way you are going to lose existing clients. That's the way you're going to lose future clients. And that's the way you're going to gain future and existing cli uh, future clients. Um, the service is now embedded in people's mind that the level of normal service is where it was for exemplary service two, three years ago. And again, this is not anything crazy. I mean, but you're making a big investment, you know, take it back. I mean, just give me a new one. I mean, because it's it's clearly bad. Now, it would be different if it was just the software. Possibly, maybe there's a glitch or something I can reset or something like that. I get it. But 
there's two different problems with it. And I was pretty clear on that. And anyways, just disappointed. So my message is as leaders, uh, you have to inspect this. I mean, if I had 50 people in an organization that are all responsible for giving some level of service, I could have 49 of them that are giving great service. That one person that is not is now interacting with people that could be spreading that experience to many other people, could be doing a podcast on it, could be doing all kinds of stuff. And bottom line is it's it's a gap. It's a major crack in your armor, in your foundation that could ultimately lead to a really bad spiral effect. Um, you have to, as a leader, inspect every aspect of your business and incredibly critical is the service level. And if that means you going through as a secret shopper, so to speak, or other people or whatnot, whatever way you need to get a really clear and accurate pulse on that, you have to. I find leaders sometimes are kind of turning a blind eye to it in some cases, which is horrific, or they're just in the dark about it. They've got their head in the sand and they just don't know. They're not aware of this until it's too late because you see how quickly that a reputation can be developed. So in any event, my message, my quick message to your leaders out there today on the importance of service in this day and age, you cannot go too far to provide great service because your competitor is probably going above and beyond you. You have to assume that. If your competitor exceeds you and provide, providing better service, their product could be actually less. They could actually be uh, be, be, be uh, less effective or, or worse quality than yours and clients will still go to them because people want to be taken care of. They want to feel important. If you have a thousand clients, they want to know or feel like you, they are your most important client. That's what we've kind of grown now as a society to expect from the best companies. And we know we have choice. We know we can go to other places that will provide that service. So long gone are the days where there's just one provider of something. I'm sure there's going to be other many, many, many other companies, and there already are, that are mimicking or trying to mimic the Remarkable 2. Uh, again, great product, lackluster service right now. I hope they fix it. We'll find out. And I will report on that. But any event, want to give you some food for thought while it's on my mind. Uh, Tamara, thanks again. Again, shout out to you and to all of you who have things that you want to explore, talk about, share. Maybe it's something I'll even bring you on this show and we'll have a little back and forth, whatever. Reach out to me. I've got a couple of people this week that did uh, and I will be bringing those topics into our episodes as well because they're great ideas. Uh, reach out to me. Feel free to uh, shoot me a text. Uh, I'll tell you my cell phone number. I don't even, hey, people like you crazy, share your cell phone number. I don't know. I mean, I'm trusting I've got a great fan base and they, they're they nice people and you're going to reach out to me for good reason. So 860-573-7230. Shoot me a text. Let me know what's on your mind. Um, we'll set up a call, whatever. I'd love to, love to hear from you. Uh, beyond that, share, subscribe, like, all that kind of good stuff. And go down below, give a five-star review, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader. For suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching, reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P.com. Thanks. Lead on.